I definitely feel like I had undersold myself throughout the business and actually having gone through the journey and spoken to people I've never known someone who to put up their price that actually regretted it a year later and it didn't matter what they started with if they put up their price a year later they were still getting business in and so I think actually people anybody listening to this give it a go (laughs) if you haven't already got someone shouting at you to put your prices up I'm going to start doing it I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger, and you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to let you know about something brand new that I've created called the Wedding Pro Agency. I don't know about you, but life as a solo business owner can be so busy and you just don't have the time to do all of the things. Well, I'm a big fan of outsourcing the tasks that you don't necessarily need to do yourself. And that is why I created the Wedding Pro Agency. With the Wedding Pro Agency, you can hand off some of your tasks to my team and we will do it for you for a really affordable rate. From managing your social media posts through to your Pinterest management and even one-off tasks like creating you a mailing list or creating you a lead magnet or something like that that you can use for a wedding fair or exhibition. If there's something you need a little bit of extra help with in your wedding business, reach out to me and let me know. You can find us at weddingproagency.co.uk or just reach out directly to me at Becca Poutney on Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Today, I'm chatting with one of my favourite Wedding Pro Lounge members, Jessie from J. Lawrence Photography. I know, I know, I shouldn't have favourites, but let me explain. From the moment I met Jessie, I knew he would make a great member. He shows up, he gets involved, and most importantly, he takes big action on what he's learning, which means he sees the results. He's a lot of fun and he has a really big heart. Jessie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Very pleased to be here. It's really great to have you. And like I said, we can't tell anyone, but you're one of my favourite members. So I'm really pleased to have you here on the show. If people don't know you, can you just explain to everyone who you are and a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jesse, uh, J. Lawrence Photography. I'm a wedding photographer and I basically specialise in working with couples who absolutely hate having their photos taken. And that's kind of what I've become known for in the area that I work in. I also have been on a little crusade over the last, I say, 18 months or so of trying to make sure that both myself and I start with myself, but but generally speaking, trying to push with the wedding industry of being much more inclusive in the language we use, the messaging that we use and all of that sort of thing. It's such an important message and we'll get onto that a little bit more in detail later. So let's go right back to the beginning to start with, because I think a lot of people, when they're considering starting a business, they just don't really understand how it happens. So take me back to the moment you decided to start J. Lawrence Photography. How did it happen? Why did it happen? And how did you get to where you are now? So I think the the starting point was basically an accident. It's kind of a funny story. Somebody uh, who was a friend of my wife at the time, I didn't really know them very well, wanted somebody to help out with a charity event, just taking a few photos. And I was assuming, you know, bake sale or something, because I knew she did PTA stuff and that sort of thing. And so I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'm happy to help. And she then explained that it was at one of the big wedding venues in in the New Forest, where I'm based. 
and it was a black tie event. They had a famous newsreader coming down as the patron of the charity, red carpet, the full works. And I was like, are you sure you want me to do it? You might want someone else. Because at the time I was like many photographers photographing flowers in the garden and all that sort of thing. And she said, oh, no, no, that's 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 fine. You You can do it. You'll be fine. So I was thinking I won't be, but okay. (laughs) So I basically had three or four months and literally outside of work, all I did night and day was practice, practice, practice. I organised photo shoots with people. You know, I I got models in to do very relaxed photo shoots, but just getting used to photographing people and getting used to using the camera properly in a professional way rather than just, like I say, taking pictures of stuff in the garden. And after all of that, it went really well. And I thought, you know what, I've put all this time and effort in, spent a lot of what I thought at the time was a lot of money on kit. Um, I realise now it was small compared to what I spend these days. But the uh, what, what was a lot of money, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a go of this and 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 see see whether I can do this properly. So I started, you know, doing the usual things of doing a few free weddings and trying to photograph everything and everyone in different events. And then I just basically fell in love with wedding photography. I love that it started by accident. I mean, so many people say to me all the time, I didn't really plan to start a business and I've ended up with a business at the end of it. Someone just asked me to do something. And I think that's so often how it works out. Someone just asked us to do something and we find out we enjoy it. And then we realize maybe someone will actually pay me to do this. So I assume they liked the original photos from the first event. Did they enjoy them? Yeah, they loved it. Yeah. And actually, so one of my best friends now is a magician and our initial friend we got on while we were at the event but actually he uh, straight away he was like I love what you did with the photos like I he struggles to get photos and I did that did the thing that lots of photographers forget to do I think more than anything which is actually send all the suppliers photos and and he was like oh great thanks very much and then we you you know what it's like with the wedding industry you start seeing the same faces around and we'd seen each other a few times and became friends I've built a lot of good friends and relationships out of being in the wedding industry. Yeah, it's such a fabulous industry to work in. So lots of people get to that initial stage where they get asked to do something for free and then they realise they enjoy it. They think they're going to start a business, but then it takes them some confidence to take it to the next level. So where did you find that self-belief from to realise actually people will pay me to do this? Or was it a bit of a journey? It was a real journey for me. Like I, I think I see this a lot and now I look back back at it I think I don't know if I took the right route with hindsight but essentially I was charging you know a couple of hundred quid to do a a full wedding and there's a lot of photographers out there doing that and but it it basically I, I was charging something that I felt comfortable that if things went wrong I was only charging a couple hundred pounds which is kind of ironic really because I think now I look back at it if something had gone wrong, I don't think the couple would have cared how much they paid for it. <laughs> That's very true. I've got, I've got married since starting, and actually you look back at some of the, the mindset and you think, actually from a customer's perspective, a lot of those things that I, that I had in my mind were not really what the customer really cares about. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to consider, actually, because you're right that if someone has £200 for their budget for their wedding photography, or if they've got a £10,000 budget for wedding photography, that's their budget that they can stretch to. And so they really value that money. So even if, exactly like you said, even if it had all gone wrong, they wouldn't have said, well, I only paid £200 because for them in that moment, that probably was all they could afford. And actually, so often our pricing and our mindset around pricing is a confidence thing and a belief in our own worth rather than whether or not the customer will actually pay it. So do you believe now that you're charging more what you are worth in terms of photography or do you think there's still room for your confidence to grow in that area? I think there will always be room for confidence to grow and it's one of the things that I've realised that and this is kind of why I said I'm not sure about I made the right journey but because I look back now and realise that actually I'm still in five years time I'm still going to look back at now and feel the same way as I do now about five years ago, I'm always going to improve. If I'm doing the right things, which I think every business should be self-reflecting and improving themselves and change the way they do things, I think if I'm still here in five years' time and thinking I'm doing things the same way and I'm doing exact and I've got everything perfect then I've not done it right basically <laughs> so so uh, I think actually ignoring the the self-belief and the confidence and actually just going for it a little bit more is something that that I think new people can do and I've seen a few suppliers who've had the I guess in some respect nerves to be a brand new supplier and but start charging sensible amount of money and and doing it straight away and they're doing just as well as the people who start really tentatively if in fact they're doing better because straight away they can afford to, to upgrade all of their equipment and they can afford to get the best marketing and the best websites and things and so the the, the learning curve was very, is is very quick the process is very quick to go from start to to where they want to be and actually if you undersell yourself at the beginning it takes a lot longer and I know that I could have been here where I am today three years ago if I just had the nerve to accelerate that There's so much in that that you've just said. You're right. You're on your own journey. And we should always be looking back and thinking, why didn't I make those changes six months ago? Why didn't I do that a year ago? And if we're not self-reflecting, we're missing a trick. And I also think you're right because so many people come into this industry and they think, I've got to charge a dirt cheap price to get booked. And that's the way I'm going to make it. And sometimes that becomes a self-perpetuating problem because, yes, they're getting some bookings, but they're getting the wrong kind of bookings and they're not making the money that they need to be making so then they don't have the money to reinvest it so I just want to say if that's you listening to this and you feel like you're stuck in a rut and thinking you're not worth charging more or you've always got to charge these low prices then remember you're on your own journey and there's absolutely no reason why you can't change that journey right now and exactly like Jesse's done look back on the time that you're in now and think why haven't I done that sooner? So right now, if you're listening, I encourage you, reach out to Jesse, reach out to me and just say, I actually really need some help moving this forward and working out how to get the confidence to raise my prices. Now, Jesse, we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but when we first met, when I first came across you online, I think it's fair to say you felt in a little bit of a rut yourself with your wedding business. We're in the middle of COVID, so that wasn't helping things, but you'd got yourself to a position where you weren't happy with how things are going, but you didn't quite know how to move forward. Do you think that's fair? Tell me a bit about that. That That's, yeah, exactly where I was. Uh, I think 
I kind of knew that I had a few things that were important to me. Talking about the inclusivity side of things, I knew that was something that I wanted to push as part of my brand, but just because it's important to me personally. It's the same thing again with what we've just discussed. It's that being able to, to project what you want coming in from a business point of view. And I was... I. I realise now that I was very much undercharging, which meant that I was then getting budget weddings, which meant that my pictures were of budget weddings, which means that I was getting booked for budget weddings, and it was self-perpetuating. I had this thing in my mind that I didn't really like the idea of doing like stylized photo shoots because I was worried about something that looked very false. I had this without really even researching it, if I'm honest. I just had this thing in my mind that, that I would do a... If I did a stylized photo shoot, it would look like a magazine shoot that didn't look like a real wedding. I couldn't use that in my portfolio. It wouldn't look like something that... A wedding I'd shot. Basically, on the journey working with you, looking at my branding, it was actually... Uh, I found it very weird because... I, I guess it's because... The, the, the hardest part of that, because I've got a marketing bra- background, but when you're doing photography in particular but i think this is probably true of all the wedding industry if you're trying to be somewhere else rather than where you are you know you want that portfolio you want to be doing those nice weddings it's how to make that jump essentially and actually it also i think all of us wedding suppliers are really impatient it's like i want i want to be there now and so making that leap to working out how I can sort my branding out, what that means, how can I be consistent, how can I make sure that I'm looking like that I'm my my work is good enough to be charging the price that I really felt I should be at and all of those sorts of things. That's essentially what I used I had your help for and really worked on with you to essentially make it happen. And what's great about you and why I introduced you the way that I did is that you realise you had a problem, you're stuck in a rut, you had all of the pieces, but you didn't know what to do with it. And I see that a lot. People have all the pieces, they just need the help to put them together. Because when you're in your own business, it's hard to look at it from an outside perspective. It's hard to move forward. And sometimes you just need someone to show you what that next step is. So we worked together. You went through my signature programme, Invisible to Irresistible. You've been part of my Wedding Pro Members Lounge. And there's certain areas that we've worked on together, which I'd love to talk a little bit more about. So the first one is your message. I love that when you came to me, you had a really clear message. You wanted to talk about inclusivity. You wanted to talk about diversity and you were really passionate about it. The thing that I identified very quickly, though, when we started working together was that there was a little bit of a disconnect. So you were saying to me one to one, this is what I'm passionate about. But outwardly in the marketing world, people didn't know that message. And that's something you've definitely changed. And I know that's been really successful for you. So what have you changed and what have you done differently to help? So for a start, Working out my branding, making sure that from whether it's sorting out consistent colouring, styles, you know, I felt it was a little win in my book when I I was doing something. I think it was even possibly with you, but a couple of times now where somebody's gone, where I've done something with someone and they've gone, oh, do you have like colours or fonts or brand guidelines? And I've literally gone, here's a document that it's a really brief, but it's this is what I do. This is who I am as a business and it makes life really easy actually once you've got that in place it's so much quicker because you're not redesigning everything every time 
So that was a big step because then I knew that, you know, what words that I, you know, what I wanted people to get from my business when they, that three to 10 seconds that they initially see my business, I know what I want them to get from that. And that was really a really big part of it for me. The second thing was getting my head over the fact that the style shoots can be what you want them to be essentially. And actually it was interesting because talking to other people in your pro members lounge and and really getting that feel for pe- from people who are doing styled shoots that actually you can use real couples. And I never really even considered that. I just assumed that we'd get some models, random models in and they would have to pretend. But actually it makes such a big difference getting real couples in. So so now my those that styled shoot that I would do would look like a real wedding because they're really comfortable around each other. And then the, thus doing the style shoots meant I had real wedding looking images for, you know, LGBT couples, mixed race couples, those sorts of things. So I had images to stick on the website and I could put pages together about those things specifically. You know, as as a person who has a lot of LGBT friends and as an ally, it was important to me to make sure that I had a, a page on my website that literally just talked about that. And, and you know, a year and a half ago, I wouldn't have had any images to put on that page. <laughs> and it's exactly what you were saying. You know, I, I, I would have put, had a load of straight white couples on my website and, and that was it, which is fine. And I still have plenty of straight white couples on there but the idea is inclusivity so I've got everything everyone on there lots of different styles of weddings people of different body shapes everything on there it almost makes me laugh looking back that I hadn't had that outside view of just looking at my website and going well you've got none of this (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember that very vividly because we did a bit of an audit didn't we and I said you're saying to me everywhere you want diversity you're LGBTQ plus friendly and all these things but when I come onto your website all I see is a white couple a heterosexual couple which is what I see on every other website and that opens up a whole other conversation because I hear people say to me all the time yeah but I want to do these weddings but I haven't done these weddings yet and you're right because you have to get over the thought of I don't want to do a styled shoot I don't want to force the matter because ultimately it's marketing and at the end of the day people can't buy what they can't see and they can't believe what they can't see either so it's hard for them to believe yeah Jesse's really inclusive when they can't see any evidence of that and as soon as you start showing evidence of that and that's the same with all sorts of things for example if you want to shoot more weddings in a barn well you've got to go out there and get more images of weddings in barns if you want to shoot in high-end hotels in London you need to show that you can be in these hotels even before you book a wedding there and what happens is then people see that and think oh they're the person to book for this kind of wedding and then you have to get over that feeling of I don't want to do this this isn't me and realize actually sometimes maybe we've got to just push ourselves a little bit to get those images I think you've done a huge huge benefit to your business by actually getting past that block and that's really hard to do so you should be proud of that So you talked a little bit about your message and how important that message is. Why do you think it's important for you to talk to people that don't like having their photo taken or to talk about the diversity thing? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because one of the big things that I think people that I've really noticed since I've basically sorted all my branding out and everything on is that for for couples that have never heard of me before, so obviously I get referrals from people but for couples that come to me via my brand my marketing 
I, it's really common now. Like I would say the majority of couples that come to me, they say, I really like what you said about this. I really like that you do this. And so not, you know, it's not for everyone. So like not everybody has to do the same thing as me, but knowing who you are and knowing what you stand for and what you what you project and how you work with your customers and your style. You know, there's some, I know a photographer who, um, who only works with like model looking couples for the want of a better word. And they, and they have very, they have a very high end look, very, very, they, they were predominantly a model photographer doing fashion and things like that. And so, so that was the style that they wanted to go with. And, that works for them, but they were really clear about that. And so I think you get really good customers for whatever your business is, if they know that they're the right customer for you and you know that they're the right customer for you. And once you start projecting what you want from them and what you have to offer for them, they'll come, they'll come to you without really any questions. Um, it's, it's not then, uh, or how do I decide between all these people? They go, right, I'm interested in you. You're so right. And for you, it comes from a place of authenticity as well. So I think you have to know who you are, what you believe in, what your values are and who you want to attract as a person and why. Because if you try and do it from a marketing perspective and you see this especially in the LGBTQ plus space where some people think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and I'm going to promote this, but they have actually got no heart or value behind it. And it then stands off a mile as a marketing employee. But actually when it's authentic, when it's what you're about, it's more real. And I see this with you, especially with your piece on people who are uncomfortable in front of the camera. It's a genuine, authentic message. And you see that coming through in your testimonials, because when people leave testimonials on your website, they say things like, I was so uncomfortable in front of the camera, but Jesse made me feel so comfortable. So it's really important, isn't it, to come from that place of authenticity? Yeah. And like, I, it's funny, sometimes I look at the uh, testimonials and I think, I could have written that for them. It's so good. But the reason is because they kind of know what to say because they've already seen that kind of messaging so they that's why they came to me and so therefore they appreciated that bit and that's then they write a testimonial that backs it up but also like you said about jumping on the bandwagon I think there's if it's important to you you'll spend the time to research it like I say I the LGBT um, Q plus side of my business was important to me because I've got so many close friends, like really close friends to me, um, uh, that are part of that community. And once I made that decision and started projecting that my branding, it gave me, it actually, you know, I didn't assume that I knew everything about it. It meant that I actually went and asked the questions and made sure I got feedback from the right audience all of these sorts of things you can you can then get become really good at these things it, it doesn't you don't have to be the expert straight away it just needs to be really important to you and then you can work at it absolutely so you've been going for a while now and we've talked about a few different things that have been going on for you in your business and changes you've made so now as you look back over the last few years what mistakes do you think you've made that people could learn from so i would say probably the one of the things that I've always struggled with is patience because I've known where I've I'm always I want to be there and actually you know when I did your course I actually had a really strong sense of frustration because then I knew what I wanted but actually I got there it just it took a few months 
which feels like forever and actually when in the business world a few months isn't that long especially if you're going to be a business that's running for decades and prospering actually a few months in the scheme of things not the end of the world so I had to learn patience on that side of things I definitely feel like I had undersold myself throughout the business and actually having gone through the journey and spoken to people I've never known someone who to put up their price that actually regretted it a year later and it didn't matter what they started with if they put up their price a year later they were still getting business in and so I think actually people anybody listening to this give it a go (laughs) if you haven't already got someone shouting at you to put your prices up I'm going to start doing it it's about two things with the price it's partly it's making sure that you show people that you have the quality because there are couples out there including myself when I went to book it was funny I was charging a couple hundred quid for a wedding but when I went, went to book a wedding photographer I was not looking at that because I was you know I was like I don't want somebody who's new starting out and I'd been doing it for several years by this point and I was only charging a few hundred quid and I was thinking actually why why on earth what am I charging a few hundred quid because I know that I'm not going to be looking at that I'm just not even starting at that point so yeah and but also businesses cost a lot of money and the more you go on the more you realize that if you're doing things professionally and you've got branding and you've got social media and you've got accountants and insurance and all these things and websites to pay for it all adds up and actually if you don't put your prices up to a professional level now but you're trying to do everything else professionally you're not going to make any money to live off and then you don't have the work-life balance because you're just working really hard for for not actually really getting any reward out of it. I think it's a really interesting insight where you talk about how when you were planning your own wedding, you just discounted the people who were basically charging exactly what you were charging because you didn't think they'd be good enough. And that is a lesson for all of us, isn't it? Because so often we have this mindset, especially when we start in the industry, that if I'm the cheapest, everyone will book me. And if I'm at the bottom of the rung on the ladder, everyone will book me. And yet so often it's not true because there's lots of people out there that only book the most expensive thing because they want to prove that they've got more money than everybody else and there's other people exactly like you were saying I don't want to put the cheapest because I think if they're charging more it shows that they know what they're doing now we all know that that's not necessarily true but there's definitely that perception out there so you've got to have the confidence to charge exactly what you're worth and that's why it's so important to talk about the numbers Now, another thing I know that we've worked on together as part of the course and in the membership and something I talk about all the time is actually knowing your numbers and planning ahead and thinking about how much this business has cost you. So what impact has that had on you? Uh, It's really good for as a driving force to know where you're focusing on uh, for a starting point. So if you're if you don't know how healthy your business is and what bits are weak at what point then you'll just you'll you'll just end up doing the things that you're comfortable with and and that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best thing for your business it actually I found it really helpful because there might be something that I wouldn't necessarily go to as my you know to spend my time on go and do the x y or z but actually as part of mimosis it was really important and if you know if you've got a good understanding of how your business is operating and doing like the numbers with you has been really helpful from that point of view it means that i could know oh okay i need to go and do i need to go and do this this week i need to make sure that i spend some time on this but i think there's a more profound effect on 
you as a business owner of knowing your numbers is being making sure you've got records of where you are at because we all see our businesses on an hour by hour day by day basis we do not see the changes as clearly as other people and even in the last six months of looking at my social media I've realized that while I don't think I've grown things and even when I have a quiet month like last month I was absolutely manic didn't do very much social media it still grew and I didn't realize that it was growing and how much it's grown in the last six months has been huge and actually you look back at that and from a positive point of view you know believing in yourself and all of these sorts of things that that's been really important. Yeah, it's so important to track what you're doing so you can look back and congratulate yourself, really. Because like you said, we live it day by day. We're always looking forward as a business. What are we going to do next? And sometimes we forget to look back. Now, that brings me on to my next question, actually, because we've talked about business being a journey and we've talked a lot about how you got to this point. I'd love to know what you're looking to do next and what's your plan to get there. I still work for full time at the moment and I do a lot of different things and one of the things that I've really wanted to do is focus much more on the wedding photography so I'm very much looking at how I can do more wedding photography over the time and see how I I can do that but also I'm going I very much I've really actually fallen in love with those style shoots so I'm going to be pushing to do a lot more of those I really enjoyed them and yeah just seeing how I think we get tied up very much in in the business from a, a business point of view and growing the business but I, I kind of want to see what I can do that's like making adding the passion project side of the business in you know like doing doing the uh, rebranding and making sure that I cover the LGBTQ plus element of my branding has been great but actually I know there's more I can be doing there so um, that's not just in my business but outside and and in the in the world of the wedding world as a wider as a wider thing now this is the coaching part of me talking now jesse but have you made a plan about how this is going to happen have you made a plan are you going to drop hours in your day job to do more wedding photography i have i do because i always have your head shouting at me when i'm (laughs) i'm sat here right i need to do a plan otherwise becca will becca will be on me absolutely because it's so easy to sit there at home and be like right in a year's time I want to quit my job people say that to me all of the time in a year's time Becca I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to go part-time with my wedding business and part-time in the day job and I say to them well great how are you going to do that and then they say I don't know and actually if you want something to happen of course it's possible but you've got to get your head into the business and look at how it's going to happen if you want to drop so many hours in your job well how much money do you need to make up for that or how much can you afford to do or are there savings you can make in your household and able to let you do that otherwise in a year's time you'll still be here saying to me I want to quit my job if you don't make a plan so it's music to my ears Jesse that you have a plan of course you do that's why you're one of my favorite members love it okay Jesse it is very exciting now because I'm going to introduce a new feature to the podcast this week it's a working title I feel like we might need to improve it but right now it's called wedding pros it's time to take a break Now, one thing I've discovered, and it seems to be coming up more and more recently, is that wedding pros and business owners in general are terrible at taking a break. We work way too hard. We stress all the time. And so I want to have a little segment on the podcast to encourage people that sometimes they need to take a break. So I've got two questions to ask you. The first one is, I'd love to know what do you do to chill out to get away from your business for a few hours? 
So, and I do quite a few things. I've got a dog, so taking the dog out for a walk is nice. And I'd love to go out on my canoe and and just, if I want to get away from everyone and just be with my thoughts, I go out on my canoe um, and just just chill out on the water for a bit. Um, but yeah, and that that is my main go to. But on a day to day, obviously that's quite a bit of effort. <laughs> so on a day to day, I'm a bit of a gamer, and so I'll I'll either be playing games or watching streamers and and things like that so bit of a geek at heart (laughs) jesse how did i not know that you have a canoe that definitely needs to appear on your social media more often because that sounds idyllic i'm just imagining you out on your canoe somewhere there's definitely a style shoot in there as well (laughs) absolutely okay my second question is because we all like to chill out in front of the tv sometimes and if you're anything like me you don't have time to search through what to watch so i would love to know if there's any tv series or films you've been watching recently that you recommend to those people listening do you know what, from a chill out point of view, the thing that I've been watching for probably about two months now is Old Friends. I've literally, I've gone to Netflix and I've started from the beginning. I can't believe how out of focus some of the camera shots are I, and I can't believe how terrible some of the building of the characters is at the in the early days. But I've gone through, I'm nearly at the end now, so I'm going to be actually listening listening out to what other people say on, on this section for, for my next thing, because I'm nearly at the end of, uh, of the entire Friends series. I love Friends. Isn't it just the amazing thing that that is a show that you can just watch it, literally dip into any episode at any time, at any point in the series, and it makes you laugh, even if you've seen it five million times before. And it's one of those things that I don't mind if if somebody like you know like watching watching stuff together in a household. I always struggle because my wife's in the ambulance service, so we'll end one of us will end up getting impatient and what going ahead and watching things and series. So we always start a series together and finish it in our own time. Whereas with friends we can it doesn't matter if someone jumps ahead a few episodes i kind of know what's going on that's very dangerous <laughs> to your relationship jesse i feel like if i jump ahead with my husband in a series he is not happy about it i'd have to watch <laughs> it a second time with him so he didn't know that i'd watch it in secret we, we used to do that but we're now we've got to the stage where we're like well we all communicate with each other and go i'm going to carry on watching this now on my own and we go okay no problem I love that. Now, if you're listening to this, of course, I want you to be accountable to me. You've probably got my voice in your ear already saying, when are you taking a break? So if you watch Friends, if you do any of the things that Jesse suggested, go for a dog walk, even go in a canoe, then take a picture, add it to your stories and tag me in it so that I can see you're taking some time out for yourself and it's not all about work. Okay, Jesse, before we finish, we have to do the quickfire quiz. Now, my last few guests have not really understood the idea of a quickfire quiz in that they're really slow to answer the questions. So I give you the question, you give me the answer as quick as you can. Are you up for it? Absolutely. I'm all up for being as quick as possible. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes. Would you rather get married in a barn or a manor house? Uh, manor house. DJ or live music? Live music. Summer wedding or winter wedding? Winter wedding. Chocolate cake or lemon cake? Lemon cake. Would you rather watch true crime or some light comedy relief? Comedy. Would you rather advertise on a wedding directory or at a wedding fair? Wedding fair. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Are you an early riser or a night owl? Night owl. And do you work too much or are you easily distracted? Work far too much. 
Well, at least you're honest and you were fairly quick. I'll give you that. Although I feel like in my Instagram versus Facebook question right now, everyone's choosing Instagram. I feel like Facebook isn't getting any love anymore. Do you know what? I I was really struggling with answering that because I've heard so much over the last year about different gurus saying, oh, Facebook's dead and, and what have you. But actually, I've found over the last six months, my Facebook has grown massively and it's there's an awful lot of family members you know because i think there's an older generation now that are using it and they actually really like getting involved with the pictures and things i've got a really good following on facebook now and i i would say if you've got the time don't ignore it yes you've heard it here first facebook is going to make a comeback i believe it's true and you're right there is a massive demographic on there and if we're honest everyone's still on facebook even if they're not active on facebook i guarantee you most people you bump into in the street have still got an account and they're still scrolling so don't give up on facebook okay as we bring the interview to a conclusion jesse i always ask the same question which is what is the one thing you wish you'd known sooner in your wedding business Yeah, I guess I I probably wish that I had known that it's okay to be whatever I want to be as a business rather than trying to be what whatever is the generic view of what a business should be. Just go, go, go your own way with it and it's okay. Find your niche. Yes, find your niche and go for it. Jesse, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. If people want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, probably Instagram is the easiest one. So uh, J Lawrence underscore photo uh, or my website has all my links on it. Amazing. Well, I will make sure I post all of your links as well in the show notes so people can find you. Now, Jesse is very approachable. So if you've got questions for him, if you want to talk to him more about his journey or find out why he loves working with me so much, I'm sure you could drop him a message and maybe you too could be one of my favourite members in the future. Jesse, thanks for your time. I'll speak to you very soon. Hopefully today's episode has shown you what can be possible in your wedding business if you put your mind to it. If that's you, if you're feeling like you're at where Jessie was at a couple of years ago, your prices are too low, you're not getting the clients you want and you just feel like no one knows you exist, then reach out to me on Instagram at Becca Poutney and let me know. I'm sure there's ways to help and maybe even go onto the waiting list for my Invisible to Irresistible Master Course. I'll see you soon.